0: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast.
1: Hi folks, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Bio. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi, folks. It's a big hello from Saigon. Um, I arrived here this morning and I'm already at work. Um So today I'm in conversation with Jerome. Uh, Jerome has, well, he has a day job as a lawyer and, and then he's very recently started um, a cafe called uh, Tartine and, you know, and I think he has a passion for baking. Um, so... Probably that's what prompted it. If not, then he's going to correct me and tell me what exactly, uh, you know, prompted him um, to start this cafe and how long he's been in Vietnam for. And you know, I'll just leave him to tell us his stories. So, firstly, thank you, Jerome, uh, for. You know, in the middle of the day, uh, from your busy schedule, coming uh, to talk to me. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. So, hi.
0: Likewise, and thank you. Welcome to sunny Saigon. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. Because it's always sunny, and this is why I enjoy living here um, so much. So, to try to answer a few of the questions you asked. I've been in Vietnam for a bit more than 15 years. I've lived in Hanoi for 8 years, and it's been a bit more than... Uh, seven here.
1: Okay. And um, so where did you move from?
0: I Oh, that's complicated. Nothing is simple here. <laughs> um, for yeah, that's what makes
1: it more exciting, right? And that's why I'm melting pot, because I talk to people who are, um, you know, who don't have like a simple life. Uh, they have a story. That's where the story comes in, I guess.
0: Okay. So let's... Um, I'm, I'm French. I was um, raised and born In France I started working as a lawyer and and after a burnout because lawyers do that as well not only bankers (laughs) I decided to leave everything behind take my bicycle fly to Hong Kong and start cycling oh which I did for about six months over 10,000 plus kilometers from Hong Kong to KL okay through many routes so why Asia? Why Asia? Because I had never been to Asia, because okay. I needed a break. I needed something simple, something where the weather wouldn't be too much of an issue and mm-hmm. it would be warm enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the right time of the year to do it. Right. And, uh, and I just jumped on, on the first idea I had really. And right. I, I really liked it.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and it, you did this on your own? I, yeah. 99% on my own, okay. uh, the remainder with uh, travel, travel uh, cameras didn't take very long, <laughs> but it was, it was fun, it was very interesting. I, yeah, I right. discovered as well that I didn't tra- like to travel alone, and mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. I would again, Okay. To be very honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that took me to Hanoi, mm-hmm. uh, where I stayed a couple of weeks on this trip and, and met very nice people, liked the city very much. And at the back of my mind, I said, you know, I would be back at some point. So I went back to Europe after my trip, started uh, something which has nothing to do with my legal profession. A startup in the service business with a friend of mine, which made me share my time between Slovenia, where our designers were, East Africa, where some of our operations were, right. uh, the South of France, where my partner and I uh, had their family and where we liked living right Philadelphia the East Coast where my girlfriend was living at the time okay <laughs> and uh, oh my God. and uh, British Caribbeans where some of our operations were based as well okay that lasted for about a year and a half where you know the administration took over the launching of the project where I' could right. be anywhere as, as long as I had a, an internet connection right and right. I decided that Hanoi would be a good place to do that mm-hmm. so I came here Find, found out that administration wasn't really what I liked, and I, you know, uh, unplugged my uh, participation to that project as as committed uh, right. at the end of the commis- commitment period. Right. And went back to my legal profession. Uh, okay. Did uh, interesting transactions as a lawyer. It, but is
1: it um, easy for you because you haven't studied law in Vietnam? Uh, but can you practice without?
0: So here I'm registered as a foreign lawyer. Okay. Uh, there is so a the framework okay. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Vietnamese legal system is fairly similar to the civil, civil law jurisdictions. Okay. So there are some, some areas where you connect. And, and at the time I arrived in 2004, uh, the um, volume of laws which were available was fairly limited as compared to what it is today, so it oh, was okay. yeah you know retrospectively very easy to get yeah, into the yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which I did and, and you know very interesting times that was a time where Vietnam was uh, integrating into the, the global economy with accession to the wTO many transactions very very interesting transactions right. um, I worked on, and um, after a few years in Hanoi, I started feeling that um, pollution was. Was getting worse. Um, I was getting fed up with the weather, which, if you've been to Hanoi, I you have. understand that yeah. it's not great, yeah. except yeah. between mid October and mid December. Yeah, yeah. And so I moved down to Ho Chi Minh City, where I had a, I had a, a fa- not a family project, but a personal project here with okay. my, my life partner. Okay. Okay. And I've been here since then, enjoying it very much. Mm-hmm. And sourdough, because that's about sourdough. Not only baking. This is about sourdough. Ah. Sourdough yeah. is very addictive,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Very addictive way of baking. I and for the small story again, I was working at a bakery when I was eleven. That was at the border between France and Italy, okay. in the mountains. Okay. Uh, I was doing that on the weekend, six a.m. to noon, uh, and on the school holidays. Right. I didn't need to do it. It yeah. was just fun, you know. And my right. parents let me do it, and it was meaningful, so I did. And so from then, I've always enjoyed, you know, playing with uh, flour, dough, water. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always baked at home like once in a while, every month, every three months. Right. Uh, I wasn't doing great, actually. <laughs> until, <laughs> until about three, three years ago, I, I, I don't know why I started, you know, making my, my sourdough starter, which is the base for baking sourdough. Right. Which you need to feed every day, every, uh, every six, eight hours. Oh. Hey, okay. it's an intense yeah. process. Because
1: I know I have sourdough bread, but I have no idea what the process is. I would have liked to actually <laughs> share some with you, <laughs> didn't see there
0: And yeah, and so I started baking regularly on the weekend. In the beginning I was, you know, giving away my bread, which wasn't great to be really honest, mm-hmm. uh, to my friends and the family around and, and neighbors. Right. And then I got better at it, but I right. was really really passionate I, I was i mean i was waking up in the middle of the night and starting new recipes and dreaming about baking <laughs> um on the side of my very busy schedule which right. is probably why i got so enthusiastic about something else than yeah. what i was doing on the day it,
1: it helps you to sort of unwind exactly right? yeah yeah
0: and uh, about yeah that was about a year ago i i bought a new oven which was bigger not a great oven but something which enabled me to on the weekend bake well in the end i was baking up to 50 60 lofts on the weekend wow and i was so i started selling my production because i was bored with giving away yeah uh, yeah. all the hard work work and (laughs) the ingredients because quality ingredients here are imported and not very easy to source and, and not cheap Right. Um, so by yeah by the, by the months of by the yeah by the end of October, beginning of November, I had you know people who were calling me and said you know can you make bread for me? And I was refusing many orders. And I felt that that was the right time to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my life partner uh, owns restaurants here. Okay. Uh, she's okay. got uh, three plus. Plus tartine. tartine okay. uh, so she's
1: your, uh, co- she's the co founder.
0: She's a co founder oh, okay, and she's okay. running it. I am she's actually not. It. I'm only making sure tartine, that's a sourdough bread. Right. Is that's good. your that's, that's sort of your area. The rest, the rest is, is yeah. not yeah. interesting to me. <laughs> Coffee is good there, and I make yeah. sure that the coffee is good as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's the story basically. Um, so, is
1: your uh, what is your you know your your normal lifestyle diet? Are you do you eat? Uh, because I've I've noticed that in Saigon, a lot of people are now focusing on plant-based food, and uh, you know, there's a lot of kind of restaurants and cafes, and you know, people are just talking about plant-based food. So the fact that you you do sourdough, you know, does it because it's the healthier bread, right? So, so
0: sourdough is healthier, yeah. um, mainly because of the process, the fer- long fermentation process which is used to make sourdough bread, which right. transforms the gluten into the, into the flour, right? Into the, right, the, right, right. In a way which is more digestible. Okay. So very often you'd find that gluten-intolerant people who yeah. can actually eat... Normal sourdough bread, yeah. just because the gluten has been transformed in a way which is more digestible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's one. So it's, it's not gluten free. It's um, not gluten no. free. Because I, 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 only have sourdough because I have gluten intolerance, and uh, so I just assumed that it was okay. So it's no, no,
0: there is a lot of gluten in in gluten in the in the bread, but yeah. it's transformed in a way which is more digestible. Hmm. The bread. I mean, bread is In only general, is only yeah. flour, water, yeah. and salt. Therefore, it's vegan. Right. And uh, and yeah, so this is one thing. I'm not I'm not vegan. I'm not vegetarian either. But okay. I, as I get older, I tend to see that my body reacts much better to uh, plants than animal uh, products. Yeah. And I and I do enjoy this. So at Tartin, we uh, we brew our own kombucha. Okay. We uh, prepare a variety of vegan breads, including homos, including pesto, including arisa, including chili jam, okay. including most recently something I'm working on and that will be released very soon. It's fermented uh, sourdough plus soya ricotta. So it's, um, the end product is a type of ricotta. ricotta. It's, it's, okay. it's very tasty. So and, it's, and it's fermented with the sourdough. Um, so it's it's very interesting and very tasty.
1: So you're experimenting with So it. I'm experimenting okay. and I'm
0: I'm planning in the next 2 or 3 days to yeah. have it ready for selling a tartine on the sandwiches and uh, and tartines and chapata that we yeah. offer as sandwiches. Yeah. Um, and sell it in jars for people who want to take it home and, and enjoy a nice slice of sourdough bread with a vegan nice. um, ricotta. Uh, yeah, or yeah.
1: Oh, nice. That's interesting. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payo, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot so um when i was at your uh, cafe and of course we couldn't do the recording there because of the music and um you know and all the different sounds but um i noticed that and we talked about it on our way here about the the house so actually it's it's a house which you're converting into so will it be just a cafe or uh, because it's got multiple floors so what what are you planning to do with that space
0: I think the best way to describe the plan we have is that we don't have a plan <laughs> or the plan we had has actually turned out into something else something and else completely so right. there will probably be an office at some point oh. part of it will be office okay uh, part of it will be extension of the current um, baking lab uh-huh. okay and um and you know maybe a restaurant on the rooftop okay because the other restaurants that um, my life partner runs are actually rooftop restaurants. Oh okay. Uh, okay. So she has this in her blood, you know. She needs to put a <laughs> restaurant Sorry, on, on any rooftop. <laughs> sees. Uh, so yeah, it's not very clear yet. But you know, it's the house is not completed as you've seen. Yeah. Uh, we start yeah. operating on the ground floor and the first floor, and yeah. above it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. With yeah open walls and stuff yeah so this will be sorted about a month okay and from then I think we will take it step by step and make the plan fit with the space
1: okay and uh, so you were talking about your baking lab Uh, so currently how many people do you have you know um, baking for you
0: Um, so we have currently seven bakers okay including a head baker who is not you it's not me. No, I'm, I'm, I like to call myself non-executive baker, <laughs> baking consultant. something like this. Right. Otherwise, I get, I get drawn into baking in the middle of the night, which I don't like anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah right.. right. Um, yeah. And so he' is very interesting. he has a very interesting profile. He's Vietnamese, but he has spent the last six years overseas, baking uh, in Australia and more most recently in New Zealand. Okay. Between two years at a sourdough at a bakery which does only sourdough as we do. Right. So he's very passionate about what he does. Okay. Um he is very international because he's travelled overseas. Yeah. And um and he, and he he enjoys baking sourdough very much. So he right. wouldn't do anything else. Right. And so it's very good to be able to bounce ideas with him. Yeah. Uh, work on new recipes yeah. Uh, yeah. and and he's He's a nice person as well, so I enjoy working with him. Yeah, you
1: need to have—I uh, mean, you know—you need to have passionate people around you uh, to actually see it through, you know. Um, and and that's good. I mean, it's—I it's, mean, it's a very nice, uh, comfortable space, and I saw a lot of people working there as well. So it it. And the nice music in the background and all of that can make it quite interesting. And then, of course, the sourdough bread and the good coffee, um, uh, you know, only complements the whole whole situation. So, hmm, So are you looking at replicating Tartine in another area, another space, doing something different?
0: I'd love to honestly I'd love to see the what we've created being replicated and living beyond what it is now, yeah yeah um I would like it to still stay something at human scale, not something big okay, uh, I don't think there is any. Space anyway, or any possibility for it to grow, overgrow right. Um, right. quickly. I right. mean, over time, maybe. But the Vietnamese are used to eat bread, but not necessarily used to eat sour Sounds bread. Like it's it. very, yeah. it's, it's a very strange taste for them. This, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, sourness in the bread. So, I would say that five percent, perhaps, of the population is really keen on you know this kind of bread. Mm. But the good thing is that the Vietnamese, as a Develop. I mean, as the society develops and, and, and people get access to you know, more opportunities to go overseas, right. uh, to read, to read about international things, internationalized, basically, they get more curious and, right. and yeah. they are very curious about food. In, anyway, you're meeting other people who are in the yeah. food industry yeah. and you'll see that people are interested in, you know, uh, Middle Eastern food yeah. or uh, U.S. barbecue yeah. uh, type. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, there are, you know, patterns that the Vietnamese go for what, uh, U.S. What? barbecue. It's a lot of meat. Vietnamese love meat, so mm. they would, you know, this there is this thing. Um, same for Middle Eastern food. Right, uh, there is meat. There is yeah. there is there are spices, and it's so this, there is there is a connection there. Mm. You've met with the founders of L'herbaniste They are plant-based uh, vegetarian type of food. Yeah. is resonating very well in the in the in the ears of of the locals in because there is a tradition here of eating. No animal products once a month, oh, and okay. there is a month uh, which generally falls in, in August as well, where people go for uh, vegetarian or vegan.
1: Okay, so as, it, as part of the, it it's, it's a, Yeah, it's it, a
0: it's a Confucianist uh, uh,
1: tradition. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Because I also interviewed um, this young uh, woman who's Vietnamese, but she was born and brought up in Ukraine. And uh, she was talking about how um, her, she's, uh, it, it's called raw berry um, oh, yeah, yeah. Anya. And she was.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah, I've met her. Yeah. I met her. She's making cakes. Raw
1: vegan cakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she completely changed her, her diet uh, from being a heavy, you know, typical Vietnamese meat eater, because that's what was always served on the table, to raw food. Um, So I can see that uh, there's a, you know, gradually, I mean, every time I come, I feel like there are more and more people talking about it. But also, other than Vietnamese, I think there's a lot of foreigners who live in Ho Chi Minh, right? So something like this would be appealing for them as well. Sure, sure. And,
0: And I think as anywhere else, people, as I do, people realize that, there is no sustainability for the planet, yeah. but also for your own body to yeah. eating too much meat yeah, yeah. and too much animal products. So I think that's a normal trend. It's there is a bit of fashion in it as, in, as everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. But I think there is also something real happening and, and this is definitely definitive real trend
1: which Mm. is which we see here interesting yeah wow that was good Uh, (laughs) it was a good chat i learned a few things about sardo, especially uh, what i eat but i had no idea what goes into it i need Uh, to find
0: a way to get you loft before
1: you go uh, yeah i'd love to um so yeah we can we can figure that out something that you've baked though oh okay that's (laughs) gonna be a bit more difficult
0: I actually baked last night. I baked, uh, I prepared a couple of lofts which were meant to be baked early this afternoon. I haven't seen them yet.
1: Okay.
0: I'm experimenting. I always experiment uh, when yeah, I bake. Yeah. So, yeah. one was, I call it a Mediterranean loaf. So, I integrated some pesto okay. and some uh, herbs into the dough. Okay. Uh, and the other one, I uh, haven't given it a name yet, but there were some seeds as well as chili fresh chili wow. red chili into the dough wow uh, so interesting I'm, I'm yeah. really I'm really curious to see how it <laughs> how it turns out
1: oh, I'm sure it's gonna be good yeah I can see that if,
0: if I don't manage to get you a loaf of these two or yeah. a slice of these two because I, I really want to have some I'll, I'll, I'll send you pictures in any
1: case oh my god <laughs> you can't do this to me <laughs> okay I'll have to I guess I'm gonna now try and make sure that you send me a loaf <laughs> Thank you so much, Jerome. It's been great talking to you and I'm sure my listeners um, will enjoy this conversation as well. Um, And good luck with Tartine and I'm sure it's going to be amazing.
0: Thank you very much. And I invite all your listeners to come and visit Ho Chi Minh City and Vietnam more generally. It's very interesting. Uh, It's a place that you need to see at least once in your life.
1: Yeah, true. I, I agree. Yeah. Thank you so much. Jerome has a very interesting life. I am so amazed at how he manages his stressful life as a lawyer and then ends up spending hours and hours and hours experimenting with and baking sourdough breads. Unfortunately, time did not permit and he was unable to send the loaf for me to sample on this very trip. But I'm sure the next time I'll take up his offer. Café Tartine has a really nice relaxed feel to it. Do check it out on your next trip to Saigon. And of course, do make it a point to try Jerome's special Sado creations. This is Pyle signing off. Until the next episode of Melting Pot.